In this episode, we are talking about time travel. We go over a few cases of time travel, we talk about some theories about time travel, and even discuss some of the emotional components that go with it. So tune in. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girls Guide. Jamie, I want to talk to you about time travel. What do you think? I think we should give it a shot. (laughs) I sort of diabolically was like, you know who needs to lead the episode on time travel? (laughs) Jamie Hayhurst does, because I know how uncomfortable you are with time. But I also feel like that will, it will make it so you present it in a kind of a unique way. And I think that that will be really, really beneficial. Right. Well, thank you for having confidence in me. (laughs) But also, you knew somewhere in the back of your head that I was going to take it and not exactly follow the rules on it. So why I love you, like, absolutely, don't follow the rules. And don't give don't talk about time travel the way everyone else does. Just like go the way you see it. Let's let's do it. Right. So let's do that. I mean, I first of all, I can't believe that we're at episode 20, by the way. So I just feel like that's crazy. Um, I love it, though. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about time travel. We will do some sciencey stuff, but we're also going to do like the Jamie Hayhurst version, which is just like a little bit weird, um, but fun. I love so, it. A um, little bit weird is if you were going to just describe our DNA, that's what you would say. Exactly. That's us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm like essentially I'm going to like declare myself the Marty McFly of this series of podcasts. Time of- <laughs> time podcast because that's what I think about when I think about time travel is like Marty or whoever Keanu Reeves was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure I don't know if he's Bill or Ted but I preferred oh, him I can't uh, remember which one he was I think he might be Ted but doesn't he, matter I love it um so this topic while we all know that it like triggers me and makes me feel weird um it also like triggers like sort of the nerd in me But not because I want to like go into like the actual like physics lessons of it, but because I love the way our culture has presented time travel through things like Doctor Who Mm -hmm. and um, like Star Trek or like we said, like Back to the Future, things like that. Like what I'm a red blooded child of the 80s, like that's in my blood is to think of time travel. So um I think that we should talk about it, but I think that where I get a little stuck is like, are we talking about intuition? Are we, is this like a metaphysical topic? Is this an energy topic? Or are we talking about like science and physics? Um, But I think like everything else that we talk about, it's both. I love that you made that point because I constantly feel like when people are like, well, what kind, what are, what it's an intuitive topic. It's sort of, I, I view it more like the lens you look at stuff with than like an actual sort of like, oh, this falls in that category. And I think time, a lot of people here and they think of it maybe in a sciencey way or they think of like goal setting or their birthday or something. Um, but I know, and I, I know this is true for you too, mostly because I drag you there for the time subject, but I know like I look at time in the, in the lens of like, how does it feel? How am I perceiving it? And I think that that is like an intuitive thing. Right, exactly. Or like what we talked about in the Reiki episode, like there are things that we've been, that humans have been doing since the dawn of time that we can now back up with science. Mm-hmm. So they're both, they're both intuitive and they're scientific because they, they can be backed by science. But we didn't, it didn't begin as a scientific study or something like that. No, it began as just like us, it's going, oh, the sun and the moon do the same thing all right. the time. And right. when we do this, we're going to say this. Like, it, it's it's not, uh, it, it's studied by science, but I don't know that you could actually put it in any category, really. Right. Um, and I think also, we talk about this a lot, Jay, but I'll just, I'll just mention it here. Like, I'm so sick of, like, something having to be in one category or the other. Like, yeah. I'm so tired of that. Like everything is so polarized. Like, yes, you can look at stuff from all different lenses and time can be something you study in science class and time can be something you take a goal setting workshop on and time can also be an intuitive topic. 
Agreed. I'm 100% with you on that. And I think that we're all better off being able to see things um, coming from all different perspectives. Yep. Um, so as far as the science part of it, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not doing the science with you. I'm going to like go, I'm going to list for you the scientific theories. I mean, like Heather said in the other episodes, Einstein couldn't figure this out. So I'm not. Um, but scientists can't even really agree on whether or not time travel is even possible, like scientifically, like they don't know if these theories, well, the theories are, there's, there are multiple ways that scientists have theorized that you can time travel. And those are through black holes, through infinite cylinders, through actual time machines, like the TARDIS in Doctor Who, cosmic strings, and wormhole travel. So those are all like theories that scientists work on. But we can't even get like a collective decision of like, yes, it's possible. We, th there's not even like a group, like a unanimous, like, yes, this is possible. Some scientists say absolutely not. It's scientifically not possible. But even if it were, lots of scientists theorize that the human body can't manage the time travel. Right. So like if we could figure out how to create a time machine or how to like get through a wormhole, would like the the human flesh be able to withstand that? Some people say no. Some people say yes. Right. So I think a lot of times when it when you hear like science doesn't back that or right. science can't prove that you sort of hear it like. It's a, it's a solid no, but science doesn't work like that. It just means they have not come up with an experiment yet that proves it. Right. So it's in the category of it hasn't been proven yet. But I mean, quantum physics is studies all the things you were just listing. So like people dedicate their life to this. Right, exactly. And that's not to say that it's not going to be proven in the future or whatever you want to call the future, Heather, since you've destroyed my definitions of, of future. Um, <laughs> but that's not to say that it's not that we won't be traveling in like DeLoreans in 50 years. I mean, I would, I would be happy just with like a real hoverboard, but <laughs> either. Okay. So, Such a disappointment as a kid from the eighties when we got here and we don't have those hovering skateboards. Oh, we have, oh, never mind. I'm not going to comment on it, but yeah, <laughs> there's a lot that we have from that movie that we didn't want. Um, <laughs> The one theory that I, the one scientific theory that I liked that didn't like completely destroy my brain was the, um, but it's like sort of dark and grim is um, the grandfather paradox. Oh, which, I love this. Yeah. So it's, it's dark in that the theory um, says like, you know, even if like the math and the science check out and then you can like manage the implications of like physics and science on like the body and like the time space continuum if you can like get through all that and then you get there to wherever there is that you're traveling um the grandfather paradox illustrates issues with what happens when you disrupt time so say theoretically if you go back in time and kill your grandfather not that i suggest doing that but if you were to what happens to you Right. Are you ever born? Right. Yeah. Like are you ever born or do you exist in another dimension, which is what then then I tap out like then I'm, and then I'm out of the conversation because I can't function with the idea that there's like another me somewhere else. Yeah, this this creates that loop that I think our brains just can't do, which is like. So if, if your grandfather was this just ass to you, your right. whole life is terrible. And like you go back in time and you like see him on the edge of a cliff and you shove him over just right. to like, ha, gotcha, you bastard, right? Do you then cease to exist? But you would have had to exist to kill him. Exactly. So it doesn't ever, you can't get out of that loop. That's where you lose me. That's why I don't want to be here talking about this right now. <laughs> I want to be here talking, but not about time. Um, no, that's, it becomes, it, or like, so, so say you go back in time and you kill your grandfather in, after you were born, 
right? So you you cover that. Like, okay, I'm born. So it's not like, you know, you don't kill your grandfather when he's eight. You kill him when he's like 50. So you're already born. But then what is that? The, so then we come to this other scientific theory, which you're probably more familiar with, which is um, the butterfly effect. So it's like the butterfly effect posits that even the slightest, smallest ripple like of change in time can create what they say is a typhoon. Like the, the, the butterfly theory says the fluttering of a butterfly's wings can cause a typhoon. Just like the smallest little change can grow and grow and grow and affect big change, big problems. So your grandfather's, you know, you're, you're already born. You go back in time to say when you're like a baby and you push your grandfather off the cliff. So that's not going to make you cease to exist. But then it do, does it change your upbringing? Does your grandfather's death then like throw your mother or your father into like a depression and then and that changes your upbringing? Do you have to then move? Do you, do your, you know what I mean? Like those, those ripples. Yes. It's too much. It's too yes. much. And, and can I add to that by saying like, if, if you knew what was going to happen to you in the future and you saw some of the, the bad things and the good things, like, would you try to change it or would you just go with it? Like it's too, it's too, too much for our brains. I think like right. we can't do that. And like, I don't know if you ever saw, um, I think it was called 21. It's also a book. Um, James Franco's in it and it's about he like time travels back to save um, JFK like to stop him from getting shot oh no I didn't okay it's I'm sure it's somewhere on some network now but it's really really good and the book I guess is really good too but it's super long so I'm gonna tell you to watch the movie (laughs) but the whole premise is that like he keeps trying to go back and change it and like he goes back and back and back through this sort of like wormhole thing and he ends up like doing it. And then like the world isn't better. It's worse. Right. Like you right. don't know what's going to happen with that butterfly effect. You don't know, like, so your grandfather, maybe you save your grandfather and he lives and then he goes and does something. And, like it just creates this infinite possibility thing that like we can't even do. Right. It's too much to try to like for the, our like small human brains to try to comprehend and to grapple with. It's it's too much. It is way too much. Yeah. With you. Mm-hmm. So um, I do have some examples of I mean, of time travel, but this is really hard because there's no like when we did the past lives um, episodes, there's anecdotal stories about that, but there is a little bit of an ability to fact check, right? That, you know, you can go back and see what like warship someone was on or or whoever, you know what I mean? Like there are sort of facts that you can check a little bit with time travel. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't go back. You can't be with them. So it's hard. Um, they're basically all very disputable, um, but that's, that's all just dependent on like how you want to see it. You know what I mean? Like if you want to read about them and you think it's cool, then cool. Right. It's again, that, that thing where you have to listen to these stories and like not feel the need to choose a side. Like you just have to listen and be like, okay, if, if this is true, this is what this experience was. So what does that mean to me? How do I react to that? Right. Like it's more about that than like stamping yes or no. Right. And like every single one that you read, like, I mean, there are some that are the two that I'm going to go over very sort of common and um, that you'll find the most of them when you do research about them. But they all end with, but it was this, but it was that, you know, there's always some sort of rationalization or explaining away or just saying like, but it wasn't true, you know, but I mean, but just look into it if you're interested. You know what I mean? And also, don't you think because I know you're, you also read like a bunch of time travel stories like I did. There's a lot of things that are similar like, yes. that I'm not sure would be like, they're like weird details that people like all say that sort of like when people say they have had a death experience and like the description of the light and like, why would everyone just pick that? Like there are some things that make me go, wait a minute. Right. Or like when they're talking about aliens, like they all sort of look the same. So mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, obviously take it with a grain of salt, but also maybe maybe not be as skeptical as society wants you to be about it. 
Uh-huh. Who cares if it happened or not? Let's look at it like a scientist looking at a theory. Right, exactly. So this one I like because there's um, an actual photo involved so you can look at it. It's called the hipster at the 1941 bridge opening. Um, so there's a photo and you know scientists or whoever looked at the photo and verified that it was a real photo and it wasn't altered. Um, it's a photo of a reopening of a bridge in British Columbia. Um, and it was alleged to show a time traveler and it's called the hipster because the guy looks like like a hipster, like what we in 2020 would call a hipster. Um, it was claimed that his clothing and his sunglasses were of the present day and of styles not worn in the 1940s. This happened in 1941. Um, so, you know, and then it's like immediately you're hearing the people like criticizing it. So they're saying like he has these glasses on and we'll put the photo in the uh, we'll put the photo in the show notes. Um, and he's it's just this guy and he's standing in a crowd and he's not looking at the camera and he has these glasses on that are very hipstery. Um, but then people say like, well, those glasses were popular in the 1920s, which would have been like 20 years predating this photo. So maybe he like was wearing for him like vintage glasses. Um, He's wearing what looks like a T-shirt with a, it looks like a T-shirt with like a graphic design on it. Um, Some people say that it was um, like a college shirt, like from like a a sports team that was popular in Montreal. Um, But if you look at it, it doesn't look like it was sewn on. It looks like it was printed, like that printers that didn't exist then in the 40s. debate centers around like whether he was an actual time traveler and this was actually like an internet phenomenon in 2010 like it like all those message boards that we talked about in the last episode like this was big on the the um the time travel message boards was this like hipster of the 40s i i know this photo i've seen it because I remember when it was crazy and I came across it while we were studying the time stuff, while we were doing our research. And I have to say that intuitively, like if I just, I try to suspend everything and just like intuitively pick up the energy of this photo, this, it doesn't feel right. I think I see why so many people are like, wait, like even just the angle the photo's taken at is bizarre. Like it seems to be taken of this guy. Like somebody was like, what the heck? Right. Um, there's a lady, I think, if I'm recalling right, Jay, like kind of behind him looking at him like, hmm? yes. right. he's holding his a camera, I think, in this very sort of like more modern-y way of holding a camera is the best way I can describe it. And just the look on his face almost looks like he's just like, oh, shoot, I just got caught or something. I don't know. There's something to it. Right. And the way he's wearing his clothes, like he has like either a jacket or like a like a button up shirt over that that T-shirt. And it's just very um, it would look normal now, but it's very slouchy for what in the 40s, you know, when men wore like blazers and suits and um, and and suit coats. And he just had his like kind of button, but falling a little bit back on his shoulders. And he you know, he looks like a regular guy. But when like the energy of it, like when I looked at it, I was like, this guy doesn't fit in. Like not necessarily like if if I had seen this photo blind, I wouldn't have been like that guy's a time traveler, but I would have been like, whoa, something's off with this guy. I would have been like, what is weird about the energy in this photo, particularly of this man? Wait, he doesn't look right. Like, yeah, I I would have. I totally agree. Um, And I think he kind of looks a little bit like a young John Cusack. Yes. Yes. I think maybe that also plays into like, I'm I'm trying to place him in like an 80s movie or something like he, he does and he almost looks like, like a role that he would play. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why is this guy standing there anyways, dressed not for the occasion where like literally every single other person in the photo is, is weird. There's so much weird to it. So much weird. And like, we've always said, like, we have to stop thinking of things like this we have to stop trying to verify them through like the lens of patriarchy right like you can't verify time travel and time slips through like modern day science not yet no and so far no one's come forward to claim to be this guy so we right so we can't like be like hey did you time travel like we don't we don't know but it is a really cool picture 
Right. It's super cool. Um, and then the other incident is a time slip like you talked about in the last episode. Um, it's called the Moberly Jordan incident. And it happened in 1901. There are two English women, Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jordan, took a vacation to France. And as you do when you go to France, you go to the Palace of Versailles. Um, and they visited what's known as the Petit Trianon, which is the small chateau. So like at Versailles, there's this small little sort of outbuilding. Um, it's on the palace grounds. And Louis XVI gave this small chateau to Marie Antoinette as a private space for her and whatever teenage queens do with their, whatever they whatever she was doing. Um, this was Marie Antoinette's space. Um, so in 1901, these two English women were visiting and they claimed they saw strange occurrences. Um, they didn't report like in your stories, Heather, where they they didn't feel immediately sort of jostled and like they were in a different place. They were just walking the grounds as tourists and they started to notice like, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. Um, so they started to see that people were wearing clothes not of the 1900s, that they were dressed more in clothing of the time of the 1700s. Um, they started to hear strange voices, even though that they had been with a tour guide. Um, and then they saw buildings and other structures that weren't there anymore. So, um, and then when they went back and, and studied after this experience, they went back and they realized that these buildings they saw were there in the 1700s but they weren't there in 1901 when they were walking the grounds. Um, and then they said that they finally caught sight of Marie Antoinette herself drawing in a sketchbook. Wow. So, I mean, I think you can sort of like rationalize, rationalize, rationalize until you start to then see like a historical figure, you know, like then, then how can you then rationalize that? Right. And this okay. is in 2020 when you would have someone doing like cosplay of Marie Antoinette. This is 1901 where you were like a dignified English woman touring the Palace of Versailles. Right. And or Disneyland. Right. <laughs> I also feel like I feel like as I've read a bunch of time slip stories, too, where people sort of were like, wait, am I in a different time? Like they're, they're walking around like these women not picking up on it. And I always think like, okay, I feel like I would know right away. Like I feel like instantaneously right. I'd be like, what? But I feel like if I was with my husband, who mm -hmm. I love dearly, we could be in a time slip for an hour before he noticed. Like, I, I don't know that he would pick up. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, if you're listening, but maybe you might not pick up on it. <laughs> not right away. Or he would just be like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I'm always reading so deeply into everything that's happening that I feel like I would be, like, freaking out. And he would just be like, whatever. It's just Marie Antoinette. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So, but I also think that when I think of just, like, two women vacationing and going and having this amazing experience, like, the experience of going to Versailles is already amazing enough that you don't need to add to your story that you time slipped. Like, right, exactly. And and what good does it do to a woman in the early 1900s? Is that making her like a star or is that making her look crazy? Like right. it doesn't behoove them to say this. You know what I mean? In, in 2020, if it really is 2020, right. um, <laughs> women are still not believed. Right. We're still not believed in 2020 slash 1723, whatever year this is. Right. We are not believed. So can you imagine in 1901 being like, let's make up a cockamamie story and see if we can get right. believed. Like what would be the motivation? But if that happened to me now, I could like do a social media post and get a bunch of followers and like, like sell, like spin the story to like, to my advantage to promote my business or what, you know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> You yeah. use it as like an Instagram influencer to get more followers or I something. I have like 15 minutes of fame, but like that's not happening in 1901. No, it's kind of amazing that we even know this story that like somebody documented it well enough that we can hear it. Well, so that's what happened. Like your guy, Frank, from the last episode, these women, they, they were serious and they were, they were upset. They, you know, like they said, like we said before, it was a time slip. So they slipped in time and they came back. Um, 
And but what happened is that people were calling it a, a fole adu, which translates to madness for two. But it's a psychiatric term and it's it's a joint. Listen to this. It's a joint delusion. What? No. Where people would buy from like a quote unquote like scientist or or like a doctor that these two women had a joint delusion. They both saw the same things and experienced the same things, reported back the same experience. That's believable because it's coming from a doctor saying, yes, this happened. But they say we we slipped back in time and came back. That's not believable. I feel like slipping back in time together makes way more sense to me than two people having the exact same delusion at this. Like, no. Science can explain to me the time slip far easier than it can explain to me how two people's brains could have the same delusion at the same time. Right, exactly. Like, you're both having a psychotic break at the same time, seeing the same things. I don't know about that. So no. I just further proves that humans will work really, really hard to explain what they think is unexplainable rather than trusting a someone who says they have an experience and be trusting their own gut about it. That's such a good point because we're really just in the society that trains you to value your ego over your intuition so much right. that it, you, you kind of like suspend what you really know to believe that to feel more comfortable. Exactly. It, rather than trusting your own experience. It's yucky. But they, they 10 years later, they published a book together um, under pseudonyms, different names. They published it under Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont. And the book was called An Adventure. Mm -hmm. And they told their story. I so it. I don't think that someone who was looking to like pull someone's leg is going to go to all that work, be diagnosed with some like shared madness and then then tell a, have to tell their story 10 years later I mean it feels like a stretch to to not believe them agreed and how many other people experience some sort of time travel or time slip and were just disregarded as like madness right but like maybe this could have been something that we recorded and somebody like looked into but instead it's like oh no it's just a delusional episode right exactly She's just a hysterical woman. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back after this short break. And so what I want to talk about now is the Jamie, the Jamie side of this, which is like the emotional aspect. Of okay. Time. okay. I'm very excited about this. So, I mean, we're not talking about like the actual time traveling, but why time travel is a thing for us and why there are movies and books written about it. Um, like you see in our culture there, like we, like I mentioned back to the future, Dr. Who Star Trek, the outlander series, which was a book series and now is on TV, a wrinkle oh, in time. So I just have to say that you should definitely watch and read the outlander series. Oh, I read, I haven't seen the show, but I read outlander and I love it. Oh, the actor who plays Jamie Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, a Wrinkle in Time, which was a story and then a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, my beloved Bill and Ted and their excellent adventure. <laughs> and that's just, like, a very small... I mean, the Twilight Zone covers a lot of, like, time slips and time travel. Um, but this is something that's been prominent in our society, like, you know, in, like, TV and movies and our culture for a long... I mean, a relatively long time. We're kind uh, of obsessed. Yeah, and, and I don't think that... We're, I don't actually think we're obsessed with the science of it. I don't think... No one cares about, like, how the TARDIS is flying through space. No one cares about that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we're very, like, happy to sort of suspend disbelief and be like, yeah, she went in a wrinkle in time and went back and found her father and without really any explanation. I mean, a little bit, but not, like, a ton of explanation about it. But we like the story of it. Right. Um, want to see the the story of it play out. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. So that, and that's where that's where I come in because I love the like the emotional why. Why mm -hmm. do we like that? And it's because we get something from the, these theories of time travel and that is because 
we want to fix something. We want to save someone. We want to add more time to our life or to someone else's life and our experience with them. We want to connect with someone that we miss or that we never got to know. Or we want to save the world. We want to save the actual world. No pressure. But those, that's what we get emotionally out of the stories of time travel. And when you sort of dissect all of that and look at all of it, it's that at the end of the day, we want to feel more powerful and more in control, right? So this like wild theory of like these scientific theories that we can't even understand that the like the smartest brains in, in of our time can't figure out we don't care. We, we want like the emotional connection of that, that we get from that. And don't you think, I love everything that you just said. And don't you think that the fact that time is this one area that we can't move backwards in and we can't move sideways in and like we, right. we can in space, we can in so many other ways that like, it's just like, you can't do this. I feel like the like rebellious child in all of us is like, wait, I right. don't, I don't want to believe that. Like, I want to believe that I can change time and maybe even just on, on a, the concept of like healing the past, right? Like just to make something better because it's like this fixed thing that already happened. It, it feels, it really makes you feel like you have such a lack of control. Right. And I think if you could narrow, like pinpoint what would make you feel the most powerful, if you could feel powerful, how would you feel the most powerful? And what's more powerful than like defying science or time or death or disease? Yes. I mean, in every one of those, except Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which they just wanted to like, you know, pass their history exam. <laughs> Although their music did go change the world after that, but still, but like, what's more powerful than that? That like, if you feel like, you know, like your dad dies or, you know, you never got to meet your mom. Oh, wait, am I talking about my own life? Oh, I am. <laughs> this could be a movie. <laughs> ah, exactly. So all these things that happen to you, like if you could be more powerful than that and like and change things, like I don't care if that's possible, really, like it is or it isn't. But at the end of the day, it's that we want it to be possible and we want to feel like we can adjust those things. Yes. I mean, don't you think that the, and maybe you disagree here, but I think that the most difficult thing to deal with as human beings is grief. Like it's, it's losing somebody that you love or not, not having the control to like still have something be a part of your life that isn't. And like the scariest thing is like losing somebody like a, a child or a parent or a, a, a spouse. And like, the fact that like, that's the worst thing we can go through. And the only really thing that we could do to stop it would be to time travel. <laughs> like that, of course, is going to make us feel obsessed with it because grief is such a difficult, terrible thing. Right. And that ability to, to time travel gives us like even just a, a little piece of hope for like an hour and a half while you watch the movie you get to feel the hope that like you're you're not never going to see them again like you're not it, you're not going to be alone forever you're not going to be powerless to this forever it, it it gives you a little bit of sense of of hope yeah for that. it really does hope is like such the perfect explanation like it gives you some kind of hope that you wouldn't otherwise have so yeah i i love that and i think I think one of the things that makes me obsessed with the idea particularly is that being an intuitive person, you kind of have to suspend reality all the time to like do what you do and do different things. So like there's this one area of the world and of life that like if you try to suspend reality there, like it's such a deep mystery, like, right? Like right. absolutely. No one no one can go there and figure that out. Like that to me just makes it, it speaks to the, the obsession with it. And, you know, would you Jay, like if you could time travel, would you go back in time and, and meet your mom? 
So that it's so funny that it's so funny that you would say that because like the next part that I had was like when people ask you that like would you start your life life over if you could like would you go back in time if you could who would you have like lunch with like dead or alive who you know what I mean like that type of thing and it's like people say yes because they want to I I literally wrote right here people want to fix mistakes that they made or they want to spend time with dead loved ones I literally wrote that so like would I yes like obviously if I could go and meet my mom I would love to do that would I want to do that if it was going to alter the time space continuum and like and change everything no in my head it's like it's this sort of um magical moment that happens inside of a a bubble Mm. it doesn't actually affect time and space right Which is, don't you think that's sort of like how Back to the Future happens? I mean, I know that there are some effects, but like going back and like altering time doesn't always have like this huge impact. But like you don't know if if going back and, and talking to your mom or maybe saving your mom or saving your dad so they were still around, like what would that make it so you didn't have something that you love right now if that little thing happened? So if you could do that in like, this alternate dimension or this alternate universe and experience it without having it affect time after it, then yes. But is it worth the potential sacrifice? Probably not. Probably not. And that's a hard thing to say, but it's, I think it's, I think it's like the intuitively accurate thing to say. It brings up a lot of like moral questions. Agreed. Uh, uh, Many, many, many moral dilemmas happen when you talk about, when you go beyond the science of time travel and you go into like the moral and ethical issues that happen. And I think that that's, that's important to think about. I sort of think too about, do you remember as a kid, like you have this moment where like you really realize that you can't move backwards in time. Like you make some sort of mistake and I don't know, you get grounded. It can't do something or it's not usually like a super high stakes thing or like, I don't know, somebody's sick or something and or you, you do something that you regret mm-hmm. and you sort of, sort of have this almost natural instinctual feeling of like, I will just go back and fix it. And like, sort of like slamming into the reality that you can't is this really weird moment as a kid. Yeah. I remember um, my son when he was probably four or five, he opened up a box and it had a birthday gift in it. And I said, like, don't, I said, oh, just leave that. Like it it had just come in the mail. I was like, oh, just leave that. And I went to, I turned my back and he opened it and he saw it. And the moment, the look on his face and, and, and he started crying and he said, I wish I could, I wish I could not open this box, but you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, that feeling of helplessness of not being in control like that, it, it makes us as a society want to like grab a hold and tell tales of being able to do just that. Right. And this makes me want to bring up a question that you'll hate. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes you sort of go, that sort of idea makes me really question what the present actually is. Hmm. this present or the present opened no like present in time like yeah right (laughs) past present future that present like right back to the in the present whatever that is you made a decision and then in the future the immediate future you regretted it and wanted to redo it in that present you can't like that's where I'm like wait the present can't actually be a real thing Correct. And or can literally shift in like in the three seconds it takes him to open the box and and see the see the present, the gift and and realize he doesn't want it. And then you're in that's instantly the past, even though it's actually this moment you're living it right now. But like those three seconds change the whole thing. Yeah. And it's, it's because it's your consciousness, right? Like going back to the thing that hurt your brain before, like soon as it becomes a conscious thing that you're observing and seeing and doing, or like, you know, maybe when you did, when he, like the moment you open the present, maybe you have this moment of like, yay, I get to see the present. Right. So then it's, it's okay. But as soon as you're like, wait, I wish I didn't know this, or I wish this wasn't the outcome. 
then you regret it. So then it, the same event that happened now is different. Right. And he puts his own spin on it through his own like perception of it. Like, like you said, he could have opened the gift and been like, oh yeah, I wanted this. But instead he probably thought that for a nanosecond and then, then thought, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to have this for another week. And now I won't be able to open it on my birthday. And so his perception of time is his perception of how he's seeing his birthday and like his birthday party is affecting what's actually happening in the moment. Oh, it's mind blowing because he kind of time travels to the future, <laughs> right. realizing that he's ruined a his future. Life. I mean, he hasn't, but in his mind, he's ru- right. Like it's, it's so crazy. Right. Well, that's a, that's that's where heads explode because it's, <laughs> it's too much to try to manage all the like the pop Excuse me, all the possible outcomes. Right. It, it's sort of too like you know when you watch a movie, you kind of forget at least I do, that you're, you're watching a bunch of still pictures, like a bunch of quick snaps of a present moment put together to look like you're watching, you know, life, but you're not, you're watching like a bunch of snaps of present moments in the future, but it's the way it's projected. It's in your present. It's so weird. I can't. It's a lot to, it's a lot for our brains to manage. Yeah. Um, we pick right. this topic during a pandemic while we are like helping our kids learn remotely. And why did we do this? Well, yeah. what we did. <laughs> well, you can all learn from our confusion. <laughs> um, I have one last thing, and this is something that I don't know the answer to. So I'm going to make you answer it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know what you think about the difference between time travel as like an American or a Western society, how, how we see it as Americans versus how intuitive people experience it. So meaning like you can meditate or astral travel or, um, you know, communicate with angels and spirit, which are theoretically not actually here. Right. Like, so when we talk about time travel, you know, we're thinking about like, physics and quantum physics and time machines and and scientifically moving in time and space but you know you can actually do here right now but is that technically time travel you know what I mean I don't know the answer to that Heather but I think you do so good luck (laughs) well I, I don't think that I know the answer to that but I can certainly provide some some theories or some points of views on on that I think I think this also goes back to how the concept of something like time either is comforting or, or not comforting, depending on your coping mechanism for, you know, pretending life is just like this normal small thing. Right. right. Yeah. But what I'll say is like if you let's say you went to a shaman and you asked them about time, mm-hmm. they would view time as as something purely human. Right. Are you with me? So they would say, okay, to you, your, how you're feeling in this moment is you're being affected by time like this, but time is only happening to you. Time is, is just an illusion. It's something that you, you accept as like the, like the greater consciousness accepts it. Collective consciousness buys in, so it's affecting you this way. But right. what they would want to do is help you sort of transcend the idea of, of that and say, how about we just look at like how you want to feel and like move towards that instead. Like they would sort of, I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but they would sort of lift you out of like the very human small version of time and say like, let's not focus on that and let's instead focus on like what you're trying to create. Right. Like that whole thing that like, you know, everything's an illusion. Right. Like if you can move out of the illusion and what like you think you're perceiving, then you're more able to like affect change in your life. Right. Well, you know what this makes me think of a little bit. So you made me do something that hurt my brain. And I think it was subconsciously payback for doing this subject matter. <laughs> you made me watch the documentary, The Vow, which I started. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my God, I love it. 
Okay. So <laughs> I have all this time mumble jumble in my head and you're making me watch this documentary, which is also breaking my brain because mm -hmm. I, I love human behavior. Like studying yeah. human behavior is something that I, I just, I dig. So something like why do people join a cult or, or buy into this is like something that fascinates me on this very deep level. Right. Same. Okay. So hang in with me in this, mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, this connects to time. Okay. When I'm, when I'm like watching something like that and I'm seeing why somebody is like suspending their intuition or like mm -hmm. buying into something, the reason is like a very basic human concept. And that is because it feels better to believe something else, or it feels yeah. better to say like, I can't explain it, but you can, there's a system that makes sense and like hand it over. Right. Yeah. And that's what happens in, every cult ever like they all follow the same kind of script right so I was watching that last night thinking like the reason that person is buying it and by the way that documentary does a really good job showing you why people would buy in yes really, truly if, if you have any interest in cults or anything like any human behavior ooh we that's so well done mm -hmm. really gets you into like the mindset of it Absolutely. So you're having to go, okay, I need, I, this doesn't feel good. And so in order to feel better, here's a path, right? Mm -hmm. So human beings will do that constantly. It's, it's the whole concept of like, um, they talk about limiting beliefs because they take a lot of like real stuff and sell right. it in the beginning to, to trick you. But the whole idea of like you, everything you've made in your life and everything that you're limited and have and don't have is because of a story you made about it. Right? right. Like it's human nature to create stories, to, to make ourselves feel better. Most of them aren't true. <laughs> right. yes. So to sort of like long windedly answer your question, I think it's the same thing about time. Like time is a bigger force than us. I compare it honestly to like, saying like, well, tell me what the universe is, measure the universe or measure God or div the divine. Like you, I can't, because that's not a concept that my human brain will fully get. Like, yes. you know, how, if, if the universe created us or God created us or a big bang happened, like, well, how did all that stuff get there ahead of time? Like we, we don't know, we can't figure that out. So to me, I think in the sort of like spiritual element, we just kind of put it in that, like, it's this force way bigger than us. Does that yeah. answer the question at all? <laughs> it does. Yes, it, it does. Because I think that like, I think that through intuition, we're able to like tap into other energies and that you tell a scientist that, and they're saying that's definitely not time travel. There's no way that's time travel, but you actually are like, like we said in the other episodes about like, like inner childhood work or shadow work or like PT, like stuff with trauma and PTSD, like you're tapping into things that happened at other times. So are you technically like Marty McFlying and going back in to 1963? No, but like, are you going to a different, like where you were in a different time? Yeah, I think you are. So read. just to push you a little bit harder on that one, specifically because you say that I do this all the time and my own stunted intuition blocks me from experiencing it yet. I haven't yet like remembered it but astral travel can you tell us a little bit about like astral travel because I think that that actually is time travel maybe not like you're not traveling like in I'm not going back in my past but it's like going somewhere else yeah definitely so it 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 also breaks the rules of like the space-time continuum right like it it's 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 doing that thing that I was saying before that like a shaman would tell you to do which would be to like leave the construct and confines of how you view time because it's, time is only affecting you the way you view it right like right. if I convinced you that um three days was a year and you didn't know anything else you would think three days was a year like it, it, it's all just what you know okay so like right. that okay so for astral travel is the idea that when you go to sleep you can sort of um, leave the consciousness of like the, the exact location of your body. Does that make sense? Yep. And you can sort of go travel to a, a different area, a different place. So like if you wanted to go visit um, the Eiffel tower, mm -hmm. theoretically you could astral travel to it while you're asleep and go check it out. Now, 
it's not just a fragment of your imagination. It's that you're able to sort of rise above time and space and just bring your consciousness to that part, sort of like remote viewing, like comes along those lines. But the thing that becomes even more trippy is that like, if you and I practice astral travel and like got really good at it, like somebody really taught us how to do it, we could meet at the Eiffel Tower and like right. have a dream where we both know what happened because we astral traveled there and then be able to recall it to different people with the same facts. Like this is stuff that has happened. I'm sure some people will discount it because again, like I can't prove, I can't bring a tape recorder while I'm tape recorder. How old am I? I can't bring up something to record while I'm astral <laughs> traveling, but it's, <laughs> it's the idea that, you know, the, the very human-y part of you is not the only part of you. It's that there is something bigger, more connected to the universe that is different. And, you know, there are scientific theories that say if you, if I traveled high up enough in space uh, away from the earth, that like a year for me when I came back would be like a hundred years here. Like, so the idea that like the way you move through space and time can be altered is something that you again have to accept to think about astral travel. Right. I think when you say it like that, it may be to um, like in my head when you were saying that it, if you want to sort of reframe it a little bit, um, it would be like the concept of sending someone like thoughts and prayers or doing distal Reiki that like if you can if I can tap into you no matter where you are, I can send you Reiki. So why not? Why wouldn't I be able to send my energy somewhere else through astral travel right i mean theoretically it's a little bit different but it's sort of energetically the same theory yeah it's the same concept it's it's that idea of consciousness again right and like awareness so i mean it's the same thing as like if if my phone rings and like half a second before i was thinking of you and then you called me right like I mean, we just had an incident where you knew I something was wrong with me, but you didn't fully know and you caught like right. that sort of thing happens constantly and we like reason it away or we don't think about it. But all of that stuff has to do with the same thing you're talking about just on a smaller level, right? Which is that like energy and consciousness and awareness sort of have the same like FU attitude as the universe and nature to measuring time and being able to explain it where it just it works on its own own set of rules, right? right? Yeah, and so I think it's like we said in the first episode of time was like, like I can I can get on board with something like that happening in my personal system, my own energetic field, but then seeing it on like a universal or planetary level, you know, feels out of control. It feels like like a little too much or a little too scary. So it's the same thing with like we can we can be in touch like energetically through a phone call or when you need me or something and I can just sort of have like quote unquote coincidentally I just happen to know you know what I mean right. but if, if I'm willing to like trust myself and trust my own intuition I can then get on board with astral travel and things like that it's just right. I mean it's 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 going like we can't really explain this but like it's something that happens to this large group of people. So maybe we should look into it. Like it, it's sort of that idea. Um, but, you know, let's theoretically time travel for a minute, Jay, and let's time travel back to, I don't know, like the, the 1700s, the mm -hmm. legit one, not the, like we skipped the calendar 300 right. years. Okay. Right. And let's tell people, let's describe what we're doing in this moment to them. Like right now I'm looking at you on my laptop. I can see you. We're on like a Skype call that we are recording to create a podcast. We are in two different locations. Like we are what? 45 minutes apart by car. Right. You've already lost people. They don't even know what you're saying. Right. Like, and, and we're communicating and we're recording it. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put it onto this medium so that like anybody at any time when they want to, once we record it, can go on and listen to us talk to each other in that moment of time where we were looking at each other, but we were, you know, 45 minutes away from each other. Like right. there's no way that that could be understood because they're, they haven't gotten far enough in, in these, all these little steps of technology and understanding stuff to get it. So just back then they would have thought we were making it up. We would have been those, those ladies who were delusional, right? The doctor would have said, Oh, it's a joint delusion or whatever they say, because there's no way they could explain it. So it's sort of like, well, 
same thing. Maybe in 300 years, somebody will somehow hear this podcast and be like, huh, these bitches had no idea what that. Of course you could do time travel and astral travel. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like we didn't have the technology then we didn't know. Right. Well, and, and, and for the listeners, like keep that in mind when you're at your day job and you know, you believe in things and you practice or you do, you practice certain things like you astral travel or you do past life regressions or you do certain meditations where you tap into whatever, whatever. And people don't believe you. People look at, people look at you like, Oh, okay. That whatever, Susan, you know what I mean? Like keep that in mind that like, just because people don't believe you doesn't mean that it's not true or it's not possible. We just haven't caught up with it yet. Yes. Like to, to like accept that concept. It isn't that they don't want to believe you and like people will claim it's, it's logic. Um, and there's someone in your life that I'm thinking of right now. And I know you'll probably know who I'm talking about that. Like people deny certain things that are intuitive that they kind of know, because in order to accept it, they have to deal with some other stuff that like, they don't feel safe and comfortable dealing with. There's like a lot of fear in between them and that point. So it, that just brings me back to like telling people like don't ever try to prove that you are intuitive or doing intuitive things because the only reason the person in front of you doesn't believe you is most likely because they can't accept that reality yet right and they can't accept it for themselves yeah it has nothing to do with you it has to do with what it would mean to them to buy into that exactly yeah I brought you down the trippy astral travel road. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, it it all ties together. Again, that's why time is an intuitive concept. Like it's all the same type of thing. Like it's all this bigger thing that we can't explain that we try to explain with our human brains and minds. And I think sometimes to our detriment, I really do think if we could be more connected to the earth and its cycles and the moon and its cycles and the sun, like in a different way than we are, we would all be a lot healthier and happier. Right. There'd be a lot less resistance in our lives. Yeah. I mean, how poetic, poetic is it that like uh, machines run time and machines run our life? Right. Exactly. And we feel trapped in the machine. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because it's not, it's counterintuitive to how we really function. Yeah. That you, you know, I remember a time when my kids were young, like, I mean, they're still young, but younger where like, if it came to five o'clock and I hadn't gotten a certain amount of things accomplished, I would have felt like an absolute piece of crap. Right. Right. I have to do with the quality of who I am, but that's what we're taught. Right. Exactly. There, there are expectations that we're taught we have to meet. If we don't meet them, then that means something about us. So if we, if you could time travel to any year, like we're going to go together, we're going to hold hands and jump through in, you know, through a DeLorean or whatever we go through a phone booth, whatever, like, um, where are we going? What year are we going to first? Oh man. I don't know. I always, I always say that I want to go to Boston, which sounds silly because I live here now, but I, I want to see Boston when it was first a city, like when the cobblestone streets were, were the streets. Like I want to see when the, like the brownstones were first built. I want to see what life was like then. So I can, so I can then make a relation between the change as to what they are now. Yes. That's not like a glamorous story. I mean, I should say like London and 16, whatever, but like, I really, I would love to be able to change my frame of reference about something that's in my life right now. But I think that's perfect because like, I feel that way too. Like I, when I want to think of time travel, like if someone was like, where would you go? I literally just want to observe something. Like I'm not, I'm not going to pick going back and changing an event that's too heavy, but like, if no. some, you know, if someone was like, Hey, go back and you could meet like you know, Amelia Earhart or something, or, um, you know, you could go and like actually watch them build the pyramids. So you could figure out how the mother effing heck they did that because we can't figure that out either. Like that's the kind of stuff I would pick. Or even where you live in the Bridgewaters where there's a lot of indigenous tribes that were a lot of things that happened there, a lot of folklore about like different energies and spirits. I mean, you could, you could just observe that. Yeah. The, the Bridgewater triangle and why that's what it's called. And that's why it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's what I would pick. And, you know, of course there are moments 
that have happened in my life that I would think about like, Hmm, would I go change that? Would I go stop myself from experiencing that or, um, somebody I love from experiencing that, but that's too much to think of. Right. If I could just be a fly on the wall somewhere that I think is appealing instead. Right. And it's not our place to change things. It's not our place to it. Like, to affect other people's lives and change what happens to other people in their, in their journeys. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's a heavy subject, but I think it's, it is fun to think about like, what would you go back and watch? Like, what would you go see or who would you go meet? You know, like that wouldn't maybe influence everything. Right. I agree. I love it. All right. Well, that's what I'll get for you for time travel, Heather. I love it. All right. Well, let's um, time travel to the next episode. Yes. Next week, we're going to talk about the Mandela effect, another crazy time thing. Yeah, that is time related. I know that um, it's a pop culture phenomenon as of recently, but it's time. I am obsessed with it, so I can't wait. <laughs> another thing that makes me mad. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. See you later. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.